Welcome to another episode of K-Talk. I'm really excited because this is super special. I get to do it with a personal, fabulous friend of mine who is joining me and will be joining me for a couple of podcasts. This is a limited series and we basically co-sign. Oh, hello, friend. (laughs) Hey there. Sorry, I should have, like, I forgot to mention that you might have needed to download the app, perhaps. No, that's okay. I actually didn't need to download it. I just didn't see the message. I just clicked a link, and here I am. Oh, amazing. Oh, wow, they changed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this is my podcast that I love so much. So, what do you want to talk about? Totally open floor. Oh, my gosh. This is like a big responsibility. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? It's totally casual. I mean, I was thinking that we could discuss just being a woman in business mm-hmm. and sort of like, you know, how it ebbs and flows and how like life is kind of difficult <laughs> as a woman in business. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like, you know, how it's, you know, something that's totally conquerable mm-hmm. if we're, you know, we just have to get through some things. So I don't know, we could talk about that or we could talk about, I know, a subject that you love, you know, fraudsters in mental health. Mm-hmm. I love that subject. So we um, that. I'm okay with either or, and this doesn't have to be our only podcast. I just want you to kind of lead the discussion. So I'm okay with talking about kind of coming up in business and if we do talk about business I'd like to talk about also kind of like um how women are treated of course um, coming up like uh in in the world (laughs) Um, of course but if you want to talk about the other things um I'm all about toxic relationships and mental patterns and all that stuff so okay whatever you want to start with Let's start with the business one, because I know that, you know, someone like yourself who ran a really successful business, and there's a lot of women who are really chugging along right now. Uh Like, I swear, you know, your business and how you manage to do it, especially being a woman and dealing with technology, which I know is not something that, you know, women are known for, which is sad, because there's so many amazing women engineers and like, but they don't get the same thing. Like, I was just thinking that you could maybe talk about skills, like how you practice the self-discipline to sort of build your career up. Okay. Now, um, to be honest, I was encouraged by an ex-partner, but then I took it on. So um, I will have to, you know, be truthful and kind of discuss kind of how that start- all started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's, like, so much self-discipline. Even if you have encouragement from partners or friends or anybody. But it does require self-discipline, which is really hard to master. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you don't have self-discipline, I mean, you might as well just not start. Um, Because, um, let's see, you don't have anybody you need to answer to. You don't have a clock to, um, you know watch like you don't watch the clock nobody tells you what time to come in or what time to leave you're essentially like working around the clock and 
and you have to be available to your clients or to, you know, whatever's going on at all times. You can't really check out when you have your own business, especially because, you know, most of us have small businesses. Even if they're lucrative, they're small businesses. Yeah. We don't have, you know, 25 people staff. Yes. And I mean, it's really interesting that you said that because I was like in the process, I've been in the process of writing a blog about the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you like know that book. Everybody knows that book. That's like I disagree with I'm it sure. wholeheartedly. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm actually writing something about that. And I was like thinking about that. I'm like, I don't know why people think that entrepreneurship means that you don't have like you can have a four hour work week. Like entrepreneurs actually work 24 hours, seven days a week never taking time off because any day that you take off is a day that you don't get paid. Absolutely. And it's not even that it's a day that you don't necessarily get paid. It's a day that something can fall through the cracks and be detrimental to your overall business. Right. Yes. So that's why you have to be on it at all times. There's no, like, I love it when people say, Oh, like, that's great. You get to make your own hours or you're really flexible. I mean, yes, in one way, but, no in another way because I have to always be on so it's it's, it's, true yeah you don't get to say I'm going on vacation and like not (laughs) check your emails (laughs) (laughs) no it's true like there's no there's and I feel like as an entrepreneur like you're a walking brand like you're a walking billboard for your brand so I feel like you you're right you're on 24 hours seven days a week 100% so in I mean, in my first business, which I have now consolidated and opened up a new business, but in my first business, um, which was corporate event planning, um, which, you know, I was very lucky that um, I I did well, was really like, even in my personal life, when I was hosting people, I really had to, um, like, make sure that everything was done the same way I would do it as if it was a corporate party or for a client. Um, It was kind of like just who I was, um, both inside the office and outside the office. And I actually ended up getting clients through referrals just by virtue of, you know, like having um, having intimate like gatherings at home and things and people liking what they saw. And then that transferred into business outside. And I find that like that's a common theme. I guess like other people are just like sort of figuring that out. Like when you run your own business, it definitely overlaps into your personal life in a big way. You can't really divide the two. Like you could try, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really help. Cause I think people nowadays, they do business with people that they can kind of, you know, assess their whole, like if they vibe more so than their credentials, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I think what it comes down to, too, is the fact that you really have to do something that you um, maybe not necessarily that you love, but maybe something that you know and that you do. Um, I know everyone says follow your passion, follow your passion. I don't necessarily think everything has a passion, but in general, I do like to host and I do like to have things a certain way and I do um, seek new things and try new things. And that's why it's really easy for me. for me to have transferred that into a business. Uh, if, 
I was home and, you know, I didn't like to host people and I didn't know how to, um, where to look if I needed a caterer, supplier or something like that. It'd be very hard for me to kind of have my own business. So I think a lot of people want these like get rich quick schemes and they're like, oh, I see somebody selling something on Amazon. I'm going to go sell something. Well, you need to know how to sell something and you have to really, um, like I said, you don't, might not necessarily be passionate about the product or what you're um, like the overall business, but you have to be passionate about what you're doing and really know it. Exactly. And that's why I was like, you know, one of the reasons why I said like, be so cool to, to do a podcast with you because you have so many skill sets that are like self-taught. So it's not even like you went somewhere and someone was teaching you, you've actually been teaching yourself. Like you're doing like so much like self-education. And I was like thinking about that the other day. I'm like, that's kind of remarkable because I think when people open businesses or they start businesses, their skills stop. It's like at a cap. Like, I don't know how to use social media. I, I don't know how to type. I don't know how to make an invoice, but it's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Self-teaching. Absolutely. So actually, when you start a business, that's when your learning really starts because you actually have to teach yourself everything. Um Yes, you can hire people to do certain things for you, but you still have to have a general knowledge of it. Uh, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of social media, but I've been learning more and more. And it's something that I continue to learn um, because I understand the importance of having a digital reputation. So um, that's something that I'm working on, but it's literally like, okay, I don't know how to build a website learn how to build a website and again you can hire somebody to build a website but especially when you're starting up and it's a new business like where do you want to spend your money right and that is so important because I feel like especially when it comes to like building a website like that may not be your bag like honestly that may not be something you're good at but at least if the person you pay is not around or you can't like they can't fix something at least you have basic skill set to fix it you're absolutely right you're absolutely like, right. That was going to be my second point is that like, do you know how to navigate at the very least? Yes. Right? Yes. Like yeah. I, it's so funny because I was like just talking to like this friend of mine about social media and like Instagram. And I'm like, to be quite honest, there's a lot of people taking money, no money now because they know that Instagram is not what it used to be. And it's an easy sell. If you know nothing about social media, if you know nothing about social media, you can definitely get sold into like an Instagram course. That's not mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of those good. pop up, actually. Yes, it's a big yeah. thing right now because, you know, I think Instagram will obviously come back, but I think right now it's kind of teetering just because, you know, it's crazy the amount of followers. Like, they were talking the other day about, like, Kim Kardashian, like, all these people, um, Selena Gomez, how they have all these followers. So there's no room anymore on Instagram for, like, the little potato. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not a thing. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But these, like, IG courses on how to, like, market your Instagram, it's, like, but Instagram has now become, like, if you're going to have a business, it's just, like, a portfolio. That's how it should be treated. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's important to, like, with Instagram, it's funny that they have all these courses. I think it's definitely a tool that you need to utilize. Um, It's, I think it's, if you're going to have absolutely nothing else, I mean, aside from a website, I would choose Instagram. um, Just because it's... um, I think it has the the most reach, Um, but there are actually free courses on Instagram for Instagram. 
Yes, there, there is. There are a lot of free courses because yeah. their basic skill set. I mean, some of these courses are really expensive. I don't know if you've seen like those ads, it's like $700. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. For basic knowledge of just how to post. Yeah, you can monetize like, anything nowadays. You totally can. And like, that's why, well, I guess this flows into like the whole thing about fraudsters, which I mm-hmm. know is like your personal favorite subject. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I feel like everybody is like capitalizing on like the vulnerability of people's minds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. So much can be said to that. Uh, people um, definitely use kind of like, uh, I would say, uh, emotional triggers to, um, to lure you in to thinking that you need to see something um, or be a part of something. And a lot of people who are vulnerable, like you said, are going to fall for the gimmicks. And yeah. again, though, it, it also plays into this whole, um, I guess, this whole culture of instant gratification where people think, okay, if I just spend a little bit of money, I'm going to make it back times, you know, a thousand. And that's just not how the real world works. Nope. Nope. Right? No. Nope. So Tell I would love more. to be a doctor, but, you know, I still would need to go to 10 years of school. Yes. I can't just call myself a doctor. It's, uh, it's 100% true what you're saying. And I feel like credentials are important, but in specific fields, like when you're dealing with people's health and mental health, credentials are important. They just are. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not something that you can, although we kind of see this happening right now with, like, all Mm -hmm. these life coaches and all these, like, like, there's such, there's so much of a bigger picture. And you can't be pushing your agenda on people. That's a whole other podcast. Those those life coaches. Oh, yes, of course. Because they're so popular right now. They're so popular. Like, they're popping right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just feel like, there has to it has to be backed with something and i mean going back to the whole fraud thing i just find it like the whole instagram um courses that they have right now it's definitely capitalizing on people who are desperate which you know when you start a new business to be fair there's a lot of desperation because mm-hmm. you got to make money yeah no you're absolutely right but i think the instagram courses it's kind of like the it's the new wave of like um not a pyramid scheme, but do you know what I'm referring to? It's not like a pyramid scheme, but it's like another kind of scheme where you basically, um, you're basically just selling something that's not really worth it. <laughs> I don't know how to oh, say it. Oh, like a penny it. stock? There's yeah. Kind of, like, it's kind of like a penny stock, but it's like, it's just a new thing where it's like, a lot of the courses too, what they'll do is they'll make it really, I love this. I love when they lowball you. And then they're just like, hey, like, this is a $700 course and today you're going to get it for $99. And so you feel like you're getting a deal. Meanwhile, the course is always $99 and it's only worth like maybe $10 for the actual technical setup of it. Right. It's true. It's true. Cause they're free. Like, I mean, and Instagram itself is capitalizing on that because now they have um, creator, was it creators corner or something where they go live with some creator that tells you some sort of thing which is really great promotion for that person but it's not really for the little guy like mm-hmm. the, if you're going to use instagram for business you're definitely going to have to become super creative and to be quite honest not everybody has that level of creativity not all of us are that creative like i cannot use tiktok <laughs> like, <laughs> tiktok is not my friend 
Like, so I re- <laughs> TikTok is TikTok is interesting. I really I think that they have a great business model because they really, really, um, I you know they they just really have the best content that I've seen anywhere, and it's uplifting and it's positive. And even when it's not the most positive thing, it's still positive. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just they have just like excellent content. Um, I love the way they set everything up, but it's definitely it like it's an investment of your time. Let, let's put it that way. It is. It it's is a time investment. Time. It is a time investment, and I think that as much as I personally am not a TikTok fan, but I, I do think that it definitely if you are a creative person in that respect in terms of like um like youtube and videos and stuff it gives you basically all the tools and you're right about the positivity thing because the other day when i tried to like post something it was so funny so tiktok actually has like a whole thing that they review your content before it's posted like they take this no harmful thing very seriously i had no idea like i and i was like wow like that is because i was thinking about that i don't see anything like crazy or whatever on tiktok like that you would see like on snapchat or like you know it's just different and mm-hmm. then i saw the other day that they like they review their content to make like sure that. that it's not harmful or and it sounds like it sounds like unlike instagram for example it definitely sounds like it's more productive in terms of that because instagram is just kind of like very seedy on what they promote and who yeah, they promote yeah, Instagram, it, it kind of, you know, I, I love I love how companies like to blame everything on algorithms and this yes. algorithm and that algorithm. And I think realistically, like, we all have to remember that behind everything, there are people. There are people with real emotions, with real biases, with real stereotypes um, and, and just real preferences. And I think Instagram, unfortunately, um, allows a lot of those things to kind of run their decisions on what gets posted, what gets taken down, what's appropriate and what's not. And kind of just seems unfair for a lack of a better I I actually agree with you because I feel like that whole thing with the whole body image thing is definitely that entirely. Like, you're right. People have different preferences. People have different tastes. But if, like, if one body isn't acceptable in a bathing suit, but another one is, like, you know, it kind of, like, I feel like Instagram is always treading on a line of debatable conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they promote who they want to promote. Like, it, like you know, especially if the numbers are high. And that's not necessarily beneficial to, like, you know, a business. I mean, and I mean, from your perspective, when you started your business, there was, like, networking that happened. Like, it was, like, a different field. And when you market yourself, you're, you're marketing yourself. So, Absolutely. you know, it was a different playground. But then I feel like with social media... And I mean, this is like when Instagram first was a thing, but when Instagram first came on, like, even then it was more of an open space where you felt comfortable to promote your business. And, you know, it just, but now the vibe is very different. Like, it's almost like they hide all your content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's, I, I mean, with Instagram, you know, I can't really speak too much to like the business content. I know with the personal content, um, I've had a lot of posts that have been taken down um, that, you know, and that's actually come up recently in the news. And um, I I don't post anything that's um, hateful speech or vulgar or um, anything like that. So it was interesting to me that posts that were uh, 
just factual information and different things based on, you know, current world events were constantly being taken down. And I think that was just in large part due to the fact that, again, the people behind the app, you know, they didn't have the same views that I did, which was really concerning because that censorship at its, um, it's, 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 you know, it's a combination, I feel, of censorship and propaganda, if that makes sense. No, um, I, I agree with you because I feel like, I feel like, first of all, freedom of speech is a thing. <laughs> That's like the first thing. And secondly, everybody has a different point of view and they come from a different perspective. So I don't think it's appropriate that Instagram makes like decisions on what they, what they personally feel like they're pushing their agenda, essentially. Yeah, and you I'm can't deem what you find is, is the right side. You know, you don't get to choose. And then by virtue of silencing one side, I feel like it's promoting the other. And then also it's like, well, what if you had like 2 million followers? Would you still be silenced? Like, I feel like that's also like my question. Because mm-hmm. I notice like people posting things like on bigger accounts and they don't really ever seem to get censored necessarily. Unless they're a known troll, like Trisha Paytas. Like, I feel yeah. like in that case, you would get like, you know, censored. But I feel like other people post things some things that are pretty freaking harmful, let's be real. Mm-hmm. And they're still there. Yeah. Like they don't get they don't get like um the censorship or a warning or anything. And I'm like, but then you know, recently when I was like watching this video, just about Instagram in general, not like specific to business or personal, it was like basically, you know, Instagram is protecting its bag. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. like you have a lot of followers, you can say whatever you want because you're carrying in money for advertisements. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it's people at the end of the day that I think make the decisions. Like I've seen some accounts that are like really like, as far as I'm concerned, they're pornographic. And, um, and uh, you know, if there's other ones that I think promote violence and there's um, other ones that promote other like, you know, drugs or illegal activity or whatever addiction and, and those, you know, it seems like those accounts are okay. (laughs) so I don't really understand how this algorithm you know quote-unquote works it's it's true and I think for a long time Instagram has been throwing out the word algorithm like oh we changed the system or whatever I mean one of the things the only thing with Instagram that I actually really did like and I think it like came about because like that there was like that whole like tea thing like that tea sham thing that was happening everybody was drinking this tea and they were quote unquote losing weight, just all this other stuff. I guess people had complained because oh, they I did remember the ad that. Yeah, I remember that. I, you know what? I, I, I bought it. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. It's, I did. it's the me tea, right? The M I I T or something? Me the me tea. And then there was also flat tummy tea. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, I got the me tea. I, I think, yes, I did buy the me tea. Actually, it was actually good tea, though. That was the thing. The tea was actually good. I mean, I don't know if I lost weight. That was a <laughs> laxative, let me tell you. That was not a tea. It was just a laxative in a in a tea. <laughs> uh, but, like, honestly, like, the, I, and I feel like after that, that's when people were like, oh, my God, really, Instagram? Because these people are getting paid. Like, I mean, these influencers are getting paid so much money, and they were pushing the product, and you would never know if they actually touched this product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is though whether they touch the product or not the product was a lie right the, the product was just um 
And actually, um, studies have shown that if you do take laxatives for um, an extended period of time consistently, it's actually um, damaging to your internal system in terms of being able to um, kind of produce, you know, I, I, I don't know the exact terminology, but produce the chemicals and the processes to do things naturally. So it's actually not only it, does it not work, it can be very harmful. Yeah, it can be. That's true. It can totally offset your whole body. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're right. And especially when it comes, especially like in that tea, I remember it was like super popular starting in like April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like officially <laughs> diet month. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. you know, for summer body ready. And I remember, and I was thinking to myself, like, I tried that tea and I have to admit, like I said, I don't know if I lost weight. The tea did drink good, but I definitely remember I had to drink a lot of water. Yeah. Like, oh, but and flat tummy tea, I can't lie, I did buy that too. I did yeah. not find that it worked for me, but everybody else got a six pack, so <laughs> I mean I don't I know, think but I for some people, like, you know, if they if you switch up your routine and you drink this tea, you know, it's I, you know what it is, it's habits for me. I think if you I do one so. habit, it promotes you to do other habits. So some people yes. could have used the tea and then been like, oh, I also want to exercise while I'm using this tea. Well, you know what? Without the tea, it would have worked. But because you're creating all of these new habits, and like you just said, you started drinking a lot of water. That habit right there is known to help you, you know, um, with weight. So, uh, And I think so. I think you're yeah. right. And, and I also think it's, it has a placebo effect. I think more so than anything, that tea company was really selling a placebo effect, which is like... Of course, it's going to work because all these people are taking it. These important people mm-hmm. are, quote unquote, taking it. And they, mm-hmm. oh, they feel better. They have more energy. So then yeah. when you start taking it, you're going to feel the same way. And I mean, I don't know. You know it's so funny because you, like, I don't know how familiar you are with, like, It Works. I think that's the name of the company. Mm. The body wrap thing. Like, no. Oh, my God. So there was, like, a phase of time where, like, and and this was big on Instagram, too. So I feel like this is probably why they've made so many amendments to businesses, which is sad. But I kind of understand. So It Works had this wrap thing. So you put this wrap on your stomach. I'm pretty sure you know someone who's done this. You put this wrap on your stomach, and apparently it was supposed to, like, make you thinner. I kind of of have a a vague idea. I think I saw that. And also, people started trying to do hacks with, like, um, saran wrap and stuff. Yes! 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 yes. <laughs> and that was big on Instagram because, like, you were just talking about that was a pyramid scheme. Yeah. That was a pyramid scheme because you had to bring somebody else in and, like, yeah. yeah. No, but I, like, after that, I was, like, you know, I guess people have to be careful with Instagram and ads because there are a lot of people who bought that. People who couldn't really even afford it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're just buying into this this whole idea. Like, you know, and it's funny because you said, like, get rich uh, quick schemes. And I think that a lot of these things are kind of like that. Like, if you're going to build your business, like, build your business. Yeah. And, like- it, and that's that's what it is, right? It's like all of that's. But you know what? We, we blame. Not, okay. So we talk a lot about the, um, the businesses and the, and the people who are selling these things, which, you know, ethically, do I agree with them? No. But, you know, they're hustling for, you know, their well-being and their families. I, I can't really speak to, you know, what they're doing. Like I said, ethically, I don't agree with them. But um, I think consumers need to take responsibility, too, and realize that, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't get a six-pack by wrapping your body. 
you don't get a six pack by drinking a tea like things again it takes hard work anything you want to do in life is not going to happen overnight whether it's building a business or building the body that you want yeah you're you're absolutely right like and that's why I said like I found that you know out of all the people that I know your skill building is probably top notch because you are such a fierce believer in like um in self-education right which Mm-hmm. which is hard work like that is really like to be real like to sit down somewhere and learn something <laughs> without like somebody overarching you or like there's like you know like a deadline or something it's actually kind of yeah. hard like people think it's easy it's actually hard because there's so many other things that you could be doing especially when you run a business it's extremely hard especially when you're comfortable so I think that's the problem so it's like you know if you have um food in your fridge and a roof on your head and you know you have enough kind of um if you're you're in a comfortable spot you know maybe you have a partner um you can fall back on or family or something like that it kind of like okay well you know you know today you have to send out let's say you know 50 emails but you know oh you get a call and you want to you know a friend wants to go do this or this is happening well you really have to have like pull that discipline from inside you and say, well, you can't move until you send out those 50 emails. Yeah. All right. And then what I find actually the most trying for me is like you said, like I have to continuously build my skills. So for me, it's when I have my learning time for whatever it is that I'm working on. Um, It's scheduled in my calendar and every single day I have something scheduled and there's different, um, blocks of time for different things. And I have to dedicate my time to that thing, no matter what. And that for me is the most difficult a lot of days, because it's just like, yeah, yeah, it just is. No, it definitely it definitely is. And I was gonna ask you, so what kind of productivity method do you use? Do you use like the Pomodoro, whatever method? Or do you just use blocks of time? Because I know everybody has like a different system. So I'm actually changing my system because I was like laughing the other day. I was like, technically, I'm like working in circles. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I need to have designated days to do things because right now it's just the, too many pots are on the stove. Like it's just yeah. not working. Yeah. So I love scheduling my time. So I have blocks of time for everything. Okay. If it's not in the schedule, then it's likely going to get pushed back. Um, or maybe I won't even get to it. So for me, it's really, really important to have everything scheduled. And I do that again, like that's both in my personal and in um, my business. So, you know, if I have a date with a friend and it's in the calendar, great. If it's not in my calendar, I may not show up or I may reschedule or forget or, or whatever it is, just because it's, it's not set in stone kind of thing. Yeah, I and I and I and I agree with you because um the other day, I mean I don't know what you use. So I actually I have a big calendar and then I still like mm-hmm. the planner. I'm that person. I don't really like to use the cell phone. Oh, I'm that person. I love the planner. I, I love the planner. I could spend like hours on is it Etsy, Etsy, whatever, <laughs> shopping yeah. for like planner stuff. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love I, it. I love the planner. But then the other day I was watching this video and I think I want to start using Google Calendar again. So I use everything. So I use, okay, so this is, <laughs> this is how it works. There's a calendar that goes with me at all times and it goes in my bag. It's a book. 
It's, yeah. you know, that's, I love my calendar. If I remember, like if something comes up and I need to put it in, I have it there and I want to write it down. Great. Um, that is not like my, that kind of doesn't have everything in there, but what has everything in my calendars, the most important things is my, I have a Google calendar, um, an outlook calendar and a, which synchronize um, with each other. And then I also have a, um, like an actual physical calendar um, in my office and everything has to go on those calendars. Yeah. So it's on paper and it's digital. And I love the fact that it's digital because it gives me the reminders. So I can set a reminder for a day before, a week before, an hour before, five minutes before, or all of the above. So yes. it's yes. so important for me to have it in those calendars. And then again, um, like handwritten. I find something so satisfying about writing it down. <laughs> I No, I agree with you. Like, I feel like I'm just sort of like, I guess, ancient because I also enjoy the planner like I I mean I put stuff in the phone but I gotta be honest it's not productive Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just hit like dismiss (laughs) that I never see it again so Mm -hmm. I I, yeah like I the other like I used to use google calendar like way back when but like maybe like two years ago but they didn't have all these colors and stuff like I found google calendar to be kind of limited but then I watched this video the other day that was showing how they updated google calendar so you can do all these crazy things Especially if you work, it's really actually entrepreneur friendly now because mm-hmm. you can set flexible days. What's a flexible day? So basically, I think before, like when I used to use it, you had blocks between Monday to Friday. That's mm-hmm. kind of like one of the standard forms that they had, but you couldn't, in, you couldn't flex your days. Like you couldn't flex your work hours on certain days. So it was very inflexible oh. in that way. But now you can make flexible days that like if you're working from home or whatever your situation is, you can change it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I it's mean, actually, it was really cool. Because I, cause I, I kind of find that annoying about that. Because when you change one thing in like um, between Monday to Friday, like if you change Wednesday or something, it screws up the whole calendar. Hmm. Are you talking about when you do something in a series? Yes. So when you do something in a series, it screws up the whole calendar, which I hate. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely a way to um, adjust it. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I should start using it. And then the colors are really pretty now. Like, I know that's not a thing, but. No, it is a thing because even um, when you do it like physically, like you always, like for me, I know I have like different highlighters and colored pens and all that stuff. So yeah. 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 So it's really pretty sparkly. Yes. (laughs) Like I have to. Do you have stickers? You use stickers? Oh, I have. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I can't even talk to you about the stickers because I paid a ridiculous amount of money for stickers. Like you wouldn't even believe. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yes. I think I spent the most expensive pack of stickers I bought was like twenty five dollars. And oh lord. Yeah. These were like they were a mixture of like I know you're gonna laugh when I say this, but Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> um, a couple of Disney princesses, yeah. Whatever floats your boat. I mean, I, mean, I that, just like if that works for I, you. You do it. I just put them everywhere inside of the planner. But then I started. I mean, what planner do you? Okay, okay. Now we're having a whole other conversation. But what okay. planner do you use? Because I use the Filofax. What What's a Filofax? Oh my god, you've never seen this planner. Okay, you need to, you need to see this planner. I will have to show it to you. So I actually have two of them. Um, okay. so they have like an Aaron. Aaron Conran, Codrad, whatever planner. There's different types of planners, but I really like Filofax because of how it comes. 
mm-hmm. then it comes in different sizes. So now I just buy the refillables, which are like, I think they're like 11 bucks every year. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I live for it. So you can get it. I used I to gotta get... look at this planner. Yeah, it's it's epic. It used to I used to get the ones that had the time. So you know, like the nine AM to whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't like that though. Like it just so, wasn't didn't work for me. Yeah, I bought one of those too. And I I think that it's more useful if you like have a very appointment based like yes. um uh business and then you could use that only for appointments. Yeah. Um, but you would still need a separate planner, I think, to to actually like plan your days. Because a lot of times too, like I try, yeah, I I think it's too rigid. I like yes. to yeah. Yes. And that's why I, I so this year I bought two versions. So I bought the calendar, the month version. So where it looks like just, you know, one to one to thirty or whatever. And then I bought the other one, which is like you write in the stuff. So you yeah. like just, yeah, like it says, if it has a thing that says, this is your, like your week or whatever. And then it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. And that Ooh. one I actually liked a lot better, except I need to organize it better how I'm writing it. Cause it looks crazy right now. <laughs> it, looks, it looks crazy. It looks like a planner that's like taking drugs. It's just, it's all over the place. Like I'm like, that's okay know. though. If it works for you, if it, it works it's... for you and you can understand it, that's all that matters. Honestly, I mean, it was working for me, but I don't know if it's like this new Zen lifestyle since I told you like this acupuncture stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just too much on the page. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to concise my life because I feel like my planner or just in general, I feel like planners are kind of like a reflection of your life. My planner is a mess, which is symbolizing to me that like my days are a mess, which they need yeah. to get... Organized. I would love to see your planner. Like, I'm so um, curious now. <laughs> I am so curious. It's written so badly. Like, I'm just like, I need to, yeah. Yeah, we need to make some changes. And I mean, it's true because, like, I was looking around the other day. I know when I'm tired because my space is just not as clean as it always is. Like, the desk has stuff on it. It's like, you know, the desk doesn't have stuff. When the desk doesn't have stuff, that means I'm more productive. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. I, I Like, if you have... um a clean surrounding then your mind is more clear I believe this to 100 percent. I used to think Mm -hmm. that it was like kind of nuts but I actually believe it now like I feel like when your space is clean that's like the most opportune time to like to connect and to create and like you just have open space 100 percent. like what do they say cluttered place cluttered mind 100 percent. I saw that there was a video I had watched about this lady talking about like organizing her space Mm -hmm. and how I guess she's, I think she suffered from depression, but she said it always starts off in a certain way. And one of it was like just leaving things undone mm-hmm. in the day, then it piles on the next day. Yeah. And then the next day after that. And it was so funny. Something as simple as, which I am totally guilty of, but something so, so simple as doing your laundry and leaving it on your bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And not it's true. folding it right away and putting it away when you could it's... just do that. And you know what happens after like, like, if you leave it, it feels like it becomes a bigger task than it really is. Yeah. And so you like build it up and build it up. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And it becomes this big deal when I, if you had just done it right away, it kind of would have been done and over with. It's so true. And, you know, I never thought like, and because what she was like, what she said also was like, it adds to your anxiety that you may not even notice. And I, I actually proved, proved that to be true. 
Because I feel like if I leave it on the bed and then like something else happens in the day and now I'm really tired and like you said, it becomes like a masterful like task and just like a burden. I'm so guilty of pushing my laundry to one side of the bed so I can sleep. Oh my god, girl, please. Like, okay, so I'm not alone on this then because that's how my bed looks right now. <laughs> I can't, you know what, I think we're all guilty of it. It's just like, how often do you, do it? and the thing is it builds up because like, you know too, like, when you've got all this laundry on your bed and then you know that you're going to add to it with something that you wore or pulled out and then didn't put on. So it piles up even more and then you're kind of just like, and then you're like, okay, now you're looking for that shirt or those pants and you, you don't even know where to start. You just have a pile of clothes in different places. And you tear up the whole room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even more like overwhelming. Like, I don't know. I find like, especially like now, I guess with like the whole COVID thing and working from home, but, like even like doing your business, I feel like the day feels so much shorter. I feel like previously I had more time to organize my life and clean my space and go to work and now everything just feels like it's one that's so funny that you said that because I've been feeling that way too which is kind of weird because like we're actually saved a lot of time by not having to commute or go anywhere I know I I really do feel like my days are shorter but but where are my hours going though like that was the thing like I I was like thinking about that I'm like where are these hours going what am Mm -hmm. I doing like where am I because I I can't account for them (laughs) Like, I, I can account for like you know the six hour work day or whatever but I can't account for like the rest of the 20 what like 18 hours like we're like what have what have I done mm-hmm. like my days do feel shorter like the work day feels long but the day actually just seems shorter yeah I mean like I said I I, I feel like I know what you mean by the time I like get up have breakfast like I'll start answering emails, have my coffee, get in a workout, maybe go for a walk, back to work, like pretty much working all day and trying to fit things in. And then all of a sudden it's like five o'clock, six o'clock. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where did the day go? You know? No, and and I mean, you're right. But you know what, too? I think the fact that there's nothing to do these days in Ontario, in Canada, (laughs) there's nothing to do. So You're kind of also, I find sometimes I'm kind of waiting for the day to end. And so it ends earlier for me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I think last week I've said like three or four times, I just need this day to restart. (laughs) Like, I need a new day. Like, I just need... I need it to be midnight so that I can get up and try again. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's that okay. I'm happy that you feel the same way because I'm kind of like it's so weird because I'm like, and and it's not that I don't have anything left to do. Like, I can I still have work to do. I have readings to do. I have like other things to do. But it's kind of like I'm almost like checking out a little bit earlier and just waiting for the day to restart. <laughs> I, I yeah yeah I feel like I feel like I've said that like. I don't know why like I'm not it's and it's not I don't feel like it's one of those things like you know when you're just like grumpy and like whatever it's just Mm -hmm. there's something like the day kind of just goes lopsided yeah and it's like I just need to try again like tomorrow just needs to be the new day so I can get up because you know what your morning really is supposed to dictate your whole day but I feel like I don't know if it's the pandemic I just feel like that's not a vibe right now Mm -hmm. because your morning could go really good until 12 o'clock 
<laughs> well, I mean, I guess it all depends it. too, like with what's going on at work and what's going yes. on in your day. And yeah, it's hard. for I sure. Think, to be honest, I feel like, I feel like with the pandemic, I feel like people's um, stress level is just through the roof. So 100%. there is no, like the things that wouldn't annoy you before. Like, I feel like now it's just like, everything is heightened. <laughs> the emotions are heightened. Like everything is just heightened. I mean, I you're not wrong. Tolerance is just, and I mean, and I'm even taking from myself. So I'm not even trying to be like, oh, I'm that woke person. No. Even yeah. my own personal tolerance is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not interested in, you know, dealing with people and their BS. <laughs> I think, I think, um, so I know that everybody is really anxious to get back out yes. and um, like restart their lives. But at the same time, our brains develop patterns, whether we like it or it's not. It's true. We have all of us. Yeah, and the new pattern is is that we're all a little bit antisocial. <laughs> yes, and I and actually for me, like I'm a natural introvert, so to be honest, I haven't had the people um, withdrawals <laughs> like mm-hmm. other people have. Yeah, and because technically, like my business is like essential service, I still had to people. Mm-hmm. But I understand, like I think if you were an extrovert, I think that the pandemic probably has killed you immensely because <laughs> it's like. You know, and then it's not even just that, but people, they're, even the people who are, like, extroverted, like, I feel like a lot of people, because of the moral panic of COVID, they just mm-hmm. don't even feel like talking. Like, they don't want to get close to anybody because you don't want to make anybody sick. It's a lot to, to have on your shoulders. You know what? That's definitely, that's definitely a real um, concern for a lot of people. I know it was for me for a while. Um I think now that people are getting vaccinated and my, I keep a very small circle, so it doesn't um, concern me as much anymore. But I also think it's the fact that, like, you know, I, I was actually mentioning this to a friend the other day. I don't know if um, there's more things going on in the world or it's just that now people have the time to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Right? So it's like with... Um, you know, the, the, uh, you know, anti-racism campaigns that are going on with the um, world conflicts that are going on uh, with politics, with um, people, you know, kind of opposing sides of what their beliefs are regarding, um, you know, coronavirus, all those things. Mm -hmm. I think all of those things are contributing to people's anxieties as well as like the loss of jobs and people's livelihoods. Like, we definitely have to throw that one in there. This is a big deal, right? And then, yeah. and then again, you know, people are getting sick and, and people are dying. So that's, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on that contribute to people's anxieties right now, for sure. I mean, do you think part of it is just that, like, for the first time in probably, like, I guess since the 1930s, that people have actually just had the chance to pay attention? <laughs> Well, that's what I was saying, right? Because I really think that, I mean, racism is not new. No, it's not. Definitely right? not. It's, it's no. not a new thing. And I know that we keep talking about it now and, and we keep trying to, you know, fight against the racism, fight against that. But yeah. like, uh, racism, like, uh, is less prevalent now than it was last year 
five years, 10 years ago. Now, is it still a huge problem? Yes, it absolutely is a huge problem. But the problem, I don't think, is getting worse, right? We're just more aware of how big of a problem it is. Now, it's interesting that you say that because it's actually true. Like, it's, it's, it's really hard to measure if racism is actually getting worse. I think it's more just of the question of these are things that have always been happening, but I think it's been hidden in the media. Like, for example, how many people have been killed by police officers, especially like in the United States, like how many black men and black women that have been slain by the officers. That's actually not a new idea. People are talking about it like it's a new phenomenon, but that's happened for many, many years. Many years. I just think perhaps with, for example, social media or having a cell phone makes it a little bit different. I mean, if we look at like what happened with, for example, like George Floyd, I mean, the can't breathe thing. Everybody saw that on camera and it replayed over and over again. So Mm -hmm. for people who were like, oh, I don't see race and I don't see color. And okay, well, here it is. Like, this is a real thing. This is a real problem. This is something that happens. I mean, I remember in the Trayvon Martin case, Mm -hmm. I remember that it's like, it was so astonishing to people that like, that black women and black men and black families in general have to have a conversation with their, um, their sons. Yeah about you know driving and being out late at night like you have to dress a certain way like this whole like thing like it's like oh that's a thing like people yes yes yeah okay absolutely to like black communities that's not a new idea like people are talking about it like oh you got no yeah that's how it's always been yeah that's how it's always been it's just now um with um the rise of social media and people everybody having a smartphone and the new culture of recording everything because even when um even when phones came out and cameras came out and whatever uh, we didn't have you know like it's it's like way more like now everybody films everything and takes a picture of everything you're walking down the street and you'll just be filming just in case you know? yes yes so, so you catch things that you didn't catch before but i bet you if you look at the numbers of um you know, black youth um, or, or just black people in general uh, being killed five years ago to now, I bet you there was more people killed five years ago. We're just now hearing about it. And I agree, because I think that the media, for a large extent, um, in the past, they had the ability to, you know, hide those those, those those crimes and hide those incidents. But now that it is such a major deal for a person who watches the news, that is what's going to pop up and that's what's going to cause attention. Mm -hmm. I mean, Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. has always happened. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. let's be real. It's always been something that's been ongoing in Black communities from, like, the civil rights movement. I mean, going even way back to, like, slavery. It's something, like, Black people have always canvassed for their rights. I mean, what I think is really nice about the BLM, though, is, like, the fact that we have everybody becoming incorporated into it. Like, a lot of other races showing their support and their Mm -hmm. acknowledgement of a really serious problem, not just in America, but like in Canada and even around the world. Yeah, I think it's definitely important that they gave a name to the movement, right? So to to have BLM, because it does make it stronger. I Uh, I 100% agree. I think it's, I think it is actually, and it's more inclusive because I think Mm -hmm. um, like the civil rights and I, I love the Black Panther, but anyways, 
um the civil rights movement like i feel like civil rights even though that's still a movement and it still happens today i feel like blm is more so in line with the trend of our society not that it should not that it needs to be on trend but it's something that is more attractive because it has a whole hashtag (laughs) i think i think blm is um my understanding of blm is inclusive inclusivity but it's also just the fact that it's um uh it's just pro equity (laughs) pro pro equality sorry it's just pro equality and and pro human rights um and and that's it and that's what it stands for basic there's really nothing human rights and that is what i find really sad it's basic it's not asking you for anything extreme it's just basic human (laughs) rights to walk on for equality yeah walk on the street like you know and just be you know mind your business and not be attacked like it's just it's interesting i find how like how you know today like and i find this more during the pandemic everybody acts like everything is brand new Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like they just found out today like really Mm -hmm. where have you been like but it also it also makes me question like how have our lives like it doesn't even matter how old you are but like have our lives been that busy that like the things that these things have been happening but i guess we just were never present uh the problem I think the problem really comes down to, which I know I'm guilty of it as well, um, is if it's not hurting me or affecting me, then why no. should I care? No, you're right. You're right. And, and I hate to say that. And, you know, I, I definitely do care about BLM and I do care about a lot of different things going on. Um, and, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm, um, I stand with Palestine and I'm Palestinian right. and, um, uh, you know, like, but at the same time, when it's not affecting me directly and it's not in my face, then it kind of falls behind, which is really, really sad, right? Um, we can't forget about, about these things just because we're not, you know, there's not a George Floyd every day or there's not a war every day. Right. No, you're right. Right. You're absolutely right. And I and I feel like it's not just yet myself included. Like, I feel like as a society, like one of the things that's really nice about, you know, having access to social media and free speech, because not every country has free speech. Um, but the nice thing about that is that we can get involved in issues. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like human rights. Right. Mm-hmm. Even the same thing that's happening right now like in your country at the end yeah. of the day like even though i'm not from there it's still human rights and that doesn't mean that that can't not happen in my country like in, you know it can't happen to you know something where i'm from and i feel like at the end of the day i have friends who are from there so i have to support them mm-hmm. because you know that could be one of their family members mm-hmm. and i would expect them to support my cause right so yeah. like i totally hear you 100 percent. but it's true if it's not something that's like we're not readily affected we don't yeah. necessarily pay that much attention. Absolutely. Or we're too scared because... To speak um, up, yeah. We're, it's not only to speak up. I find people are scared to um, take a side against what's right and what's wrong. And unfortunately, in doing that, you have, um, you have chosen a side, right? That's true. So, um, you know... If you want to sit on the fence, then you've chosen not to speak up against what's wrong, whether that be um, uh, BLM or what's happening um, in a foreign country um, or, or, or really anything like to say, you know, 
I mean, it's different but similar. So let's just let's just go with this whole like you know conflict in the Middle East and um, Black Lives Matter. Um, if with the conflict in the Middle East, it's really it, you know regardless what your stance is on politics, it really just comes down to um, basic human rights. And unfortunately, the Palestinians are are being oppressed. And, and that's not something that can really be contested. It's something that um, the UN has recognized and the world has recognized that um, it is an occupied, uh, that Palestinians are being occupied. Now, right. if somebody says, you know, well, I can't, I can't choose a side on that. Um, well, you just have. You've chosen not to speak up for an injustice. So that would be the same as me saying, yeah, okay, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, but everybody's life matters too. True. You've now chosen a side. You've chosen not to stand up for what's right. It, it's, it's really true because at the end of the day, it's not just about a war. Yeah. It's just like it's not just about... It, it, it's it, like it's about the actual and I what you're saying is 100% true and I feel like in women's studies they always talked about this right that's actually a form of like racism classism sexism because mm-hmm. the issue is not everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the issue is specifically dealing with this specific like issue at the time mm-hmm. and I yes you, you're right because the all lives matter thing is really stupid like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna call it spade a spade it's really stupid and no it's ridiculous this- it's absolutely ridiculous and what's happening in, like, Palestine, like, I mean, it's it's heart-wrenching because they're people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are children who are really suffering and struggling. And I feel like that's where people need to be putting their attention on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just, oh, well, there's a warrant. No, um, actually, there's actually, like, innocent human lives that are being taken down, like, every day. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, is I, um, you know, this is where propaganda comes in. Um, I love the fact that people keep saying it's a war. Um which I've said before as well, which I have to correct myself. It's not a war. You have one side that has a military yeah. that's funded with and has funding of over $3.8 billion per year. And you have another side that has no military and no money. They have a political, they have a, um, uh, a government party, which is Hamas, which most people do not agree with their, um, their views um and they are just defending themselves from the military it, it's 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 like it's like me fighting with a toddler there's it, it, there's just no there's no fight it, back there's no fight that's not a that's not a fight yeah no i mean and i feel like it's really good that you know you put especially i know your social media and even like the petitions and stuff like it's really good that you're putting like your voice to the issue and to the cause because I I feel like you know it's one thing to see things in the media and whatever but it's another thing like when someone like you've educated me quite a lot on what's happened down there Mm -hmm. and I definitely have passed along like the petitions like obviously like I've signed them Um, and I like I do pass them on because I feel like sometimes you need somebody else like to kind of explain it because perhaps like the way that it's covered which we all know is very subjective Mm-hmm. Um, how things are covered in the media. It's not necessarily how it really is. Yeah. And I'm very careful when I do post or when I do talk to, um, talk to anybody that I don't, uh, I don't talk about anything other than something that is a fact. 
So I only stick to the facts. Um, I do have a lot of personal experience from having traveled to Palestine um, several times. So um, just the experience in itself, I, I know what's happening on the ground. Um, and then again, like I said, I only speak to facts. So I speak to history and I speak to um, things that can be uh, backed up, um, backed up and, and that's it. And I think, you know, I mean, oh God, I mean, we totally went off on a tangent, but I could talk no, about it's, this no, all it's day. Totally, no, it's totally fine because... I feel like at the end of the day, like, it's a really good place to, like, voice your opinion. And you're also, like, educating other people, right, who may not know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they have, like, the wrong end of the stick, which is a common thing. But, you know, it's really good to, just in general, like I told you, it's super cash, cash. I'm even saying more cash, like, like I'm smoking a pipe, yes. But um, it's, like... You know, I, I don't know. I could just be in like this really great mood because I had these like seeds put into my ear yesterday. Now we're getting <laughs> off topic. You got but... magic seeds? <laughs> oh yeah, they're like magic. I'm telling you, even the things that would usually irritate me, I can't even get irritated. Oh, I need to. I need to get on these seeds. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I have like four of them in my ear. I think I have like two now. Like um, still? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Like just inside your ear. It's like. Chilling. I don't know how to explain it. It's like um, it's like a thing, like a little dot. It looks like a seed that's like on a piece of tape, and she huh. put like four of them on pressure points on the ear. And now we're talking about health. What a podcast. Anyways, <laughs> so, so she put like these um, uh, like these things. Like I think four of them in my ear, like on these pressure points, and I think like two of them fell off already. Oh wow. But I still have no. I'm lying. One fell. Three are still there. Okay. Um, well, but it's, I it's definitely pretty, wanna. I wanna oh, hear more about that later for sure. I, I'm telling you, like, I'm just like in a zen mood. I've been <laughs> in this zen state all day. Even I was like late today, and I wasn't perplexed. I bought gas for one. I think I bought gas for one thirty-two, and then I drove down the street, and gas was one twenty-five. That didn't even make me mad. <laughs> like that's. That's how much these seeds work. But wow, yes. I'm t- don't you love this podcast? Like this whole podcasting thing. Is I love it. Cool. I'm telling you. It. I'm telling you. I love it. I could talk to you all day though because I think you and I we we always have really interesting conversations. We do. We do. Yeah. And I mean, right now we just did like a cliff note version. <laughs> but we generally talk about how the conversation flows. But I feel like that's like interesting. Like. I mean, I feel like that's why I like I told you that I wanted to get you on because I feel like our conversation, it's like very, it's very insightful, but it's also like super, I'm about to say this word, it's like super cash. Cash? Oh, I love it. It's like cash. it's like super cash. Like, you know, it's, it's insightful. Like, I'm pretty sure we both gave some like really insightful things and we talked about different things, but it's also like laid back. Like we're not yeah, pushing our sure. agendas. No, I mean, I don't have an agenda. My agenda is is that I want women specifically to just be empowered, and that's it. Um, that's what that's my agenda too, because we are the most disempowered. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, just mm-hmm. being born female within itself, which is sad, because we basically make humans. So it's interesting, but yeah, you know, being born a woman is very difficult. It's very difficult in business, which we both know. It's mm-hmm. difficult in the boardroom. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's difficult in partnership because how you, oh, this would be a really good, our next segment should definitely be like something like this. But, I mean, how as a woman, 
you know, do you have a successful business and have a successful relationship and then also want to have a family? How does it's that It's incredibly work? hard. I think, I think nowadays it's getting easier um, just because men are starting to um, share a lot of the responsibilities um, where in the past it kind of all fell on your shoulders and you weren't really expected to have much of a career. No, um, and I, and you know what, like I was doing some research yesterday and just the fact alone that during COVID, well, that's why they called the she session, but mm-hmm. during COVID women were the ones who suffered. And I'm like looking at this number and I'm thinking to myself, but why is that a surprise? At the end of the day, we still have a pay gap. There's still a mm-hmm. large pay gap between women and men for the same damn job. Mm-hmm. On top of that, women don't make enough money anyways. So if I had to choose, even if my husband and I were like, well, I don't have a husband. So my metaphorical husband and I were mm-hmm. like, you know, who should stay home and like, you know, partner the, the this online learning thing. Yeah. I mean, it would be me, no? Because he makes more money than I do. Even if I loved my job. Like, there's just such, I, I just find that like as a female, there's just so much dilemma. <laughs> like, just, you have to overthink everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it goes far, far, far back. So like, I mean, it starts as young as your childhood, how you're conditioned, right? Right. Um, But I mean, even before that, I believe in, um, I guess, generational, um, how, how, how how would you say it? Generational feelings, thoughts, beliefs being um, transferred down. So oh, I know what you're talking about. There's a yeah. word for this. Oh, yes. Well, I know, I know they t- there's a lot of talk about like generational trauma, but I don't oh. even think it's only trauma. It's just generational. Um, broadupsy. Yeah, broadupsy. That's, that's actually the perfect, I can't even think of another word. It's really, yeah, it's generational, generational broadupsy. Yeah, that, you know? that's passed down to you. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. And then, even with saying that, the funny thing is, is that in, in a way, you know, the people of our generations, they only did the best that they could, even though some of them did a really bad job. Mm-hmm. They only did the best that they could with the tools they were given. So I feel mm-hmm. like as the enlightened generation, it provides you with a really good insight and a really good place to do your framework. But there's also like a heightened level of guilt. But then there's also a level of understanding. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that you have to do, like, if, if you're fortunate enough to, like, have that self-actualization, um, then you have to start the healing so that nothing gets passed down. But, like, if you want to go back up, back, like, back it up to, like, generational broad tipsy, and, and, again, everybody is doing the best they can do. So I'm sure a lot of people have been in the situation where um, maybe your grandmother didn't work, then yeah. your mother kind of started to work a little bit, then your mother told you, uh, and then your mother had kids and then maybe decided to stay home, but your mother made sure and she told you, no, you have to go to school and you have to get a career and you have to do all these things. But regardless how much she encourages you to, to kind of grow and be successful and do all of these things, and you may have even gotten to a certain point, you still have something um, inside you that's kind of built into your DNA in a sense that... Yeah well, it's okay, though, if I decide to stay home or if I don't kind of reach that next step in my career because it's still there. It's, it's, it's 100% true. And it, it, the, what I found so funny was a couple of years ago when I was writing a paper, it was, like, it was like the first time that I've ever kind of looked at 
like my culture and like my identity because in my family um mm-hmm. like in my mother's family her generational line are all female entrepreneurs which I thought was pretty epic mm-hmm. um which I was like wow like I never really kind of thought about that but that's kind of like where I get it from like they're not and I mean it's not it's not to say anything but I know like in other cultures like I have a friend well I have many friends but my one friend that is like my super close friend like like she's white and I guess culturally speaking like they don't the women don't really strive for much other than wife and mother right and that's yeah. how she's also conditioned to be wife and mother mm-hmm. um so for her to have a career it's a lot like it's an actual big deal mm-hmm. we're like to myself I was like wow it's like polar opposite like for me it's like for me there's so much that's expected of um, and I'm like I'm pretty sure like there's so many black women who understand like there's so much expected of you so you need to be educated you need to have a good job or a career you need to make lots of money but then mm-hmm. you also need to get married and then not mm-hmm. only do you need to get married but then you need to have children too and then you need to have like a home and, like it's just like it's like it's like a long succession of yeah. expectations that are somewhat unattainable really not that they're everything takes work and I would say like culturally culturally speaking from like my my background it's like which angle am I gonna work on like am I gonna for me to have the husband because don't forget that like the general the the general generational broadopsy is also for men too right men are conditioned to be a certain way like they're conditioned to be like macho or whatever but then how does that work with some like somebody who's successful or how does that work with like a woman who's superly ambitious like you know what I'm saying where does that connection go Yeah. And I mean, this is such a huge topic, because I think just, again, both men and women, you know, boys and girls, um, we have to shed every single expectation. Let's be honest. Yes. Uh, Expectations are chains. And, you know, women have to be, you know, have to grow up to, like you said, have the career and, and make the money, but then they also have to have the family and keep the perfect home and they have to have children. But you know what? It's not for everybody. And I don't think that it needs to be for everybody, right? Maybe you want the career. Great. Maybe you don't want children. That's fine too. Maybe you want children and not the career. You have to find your worth in the person that you are and not necessarily what the expectations um of other people are if if that makes sense no it's true it, it, it like you're right and and I feel like yes you're right this is a big conversation so this should be a next one because mm-hmm. I feel like you're right just in the sense of the fact that you do have to shed expectations but before you even shed expectations there's also there's also the personal work which I feel like is another big subject because it takes personal work to shed expectations it's so much work. Um, I just like, I'm still working on it right now, but just like I want to say in the last two years, I've kind of um, decided that, you know, whatever anybody thinks, feels, expects of me is not going to influence any decision um, yeah. I have moving forward. And it's huge. Yeah. And it, it, it's really especially huge, I think, for women. Um, I don't know, we could, I could talk about this. This is, again, another subject for another podcast. But like, you know, in terms of like, I know for me, like, okay, I broke off um, um, not only an engagement, but I called off a whole wedding. And I remember feeling very empowered by my decision and thinking, 
you know, this was a, a good decision for me. But then I had other people who came to me and said, well, you should have gotten married yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, don't you regret not getting married? Or I would get the, oh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, like, like what a horrible thing to do to somebody who's made yep. a good decision for themselves. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then, um, luckily enough, I did have a couple of women say, good for you. That's great. Awesome. Like, how are you feeling? You good? Okay, great. And they were really um, supportive, uh, supportive of my decision, but not only supportive, like they were cheerleaders of, of the decision that I made that was right for me. But I find that like, usually we don't get that, right? So it's like, oh, you sure? Oh, no. Like, with, I think you should have still gotten married. Yes. Or don't you regret this? Or why? Why? Why do I have to? Why is me getting married? How does that contribute to my worth as a as a woman? Hmm. It, it's true. And again, that's like the whole identity being caught up in your relationship, right? Which I'm sure that like, I, I know, like, for myself, I've also struggled with that as well. Like, there comes a time when you date somebody, whether it, they can even be minutely successful, but then your identity is caught up in that relationship. So then when it's over, you break it off or something, other, this, this really sucks, but other women don't get it because mm-hmm. they're like, but you were almost at the finish line. <laughs> Just like, mm-hmm. you, you were almost there. Like, why? And it's like, no, if a woman calls off her engagement, or her, her long-standing relationship, it has to be for a solid reason. It's not because mm-hmm. she's crazy. And I feel like, you know, as women, like, we kind of, we need to go there first instead of like, oh, my God, you poor thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, a lot of people, um, which I found really funny, was they kind of thought, oh, like, um, you know, they kind of thought that he may have called it off or that oh, this God. was a decision that, um, was brought on, you know, mutually, or that he had some kind of say in it, which was the exact opposite. It was, you know, he really wanted to get married, and I decided it it wasn't the right thing for me, right? Which people just they 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 don't understand. You're a woman; you should want to get married. Well, <laughs> well, how many women do you know that are married in relationships that are not healthy? Many. many 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 Mm -hmm. women you know and it's and it's funny because that goes right back to gender roles like who said Mm -hmm. that like who who said that a woman you know what I'm saying like women call off engagements all the time it doesn't have to be the man and and furthermore it's like and really at the end of the day for a woman to really call off her engagement it has to be for a serious reason because you know, you know whether as- it's a serious reason or not, maybe she just, you know, decided that this wasn't the right person for her. She really shouldn't have to explain herself. herself to and, anybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and mean, I, and I, I think it would be easier to have a nice Instagram post of me in a nice dress than it would be to, 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 to walk away. It's true because I think a lot of us, like we're all caving. I mean, some of us, are, I'm trying to move out of that myself, but we're all kind of caving under socially constructed ideas of, of what we're supposed to be. Like, we're supposed to be, ma- like, honestly, when I turned 30, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I, I did. I, I honestly didn't think I would live. Like, I'm not in, like, I'm going to jump off a bridgeway, but, like, I just yeah. don't think, because being 30, it's like, oh, my God, like, I don't have the husband or the baby or I don't, and then it's, like, compromising, like, I don't even have the husband or the baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> not even together. I don't even have them singly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, what have I done with my time? Like, and it's like, why do I even have to question that? And then I thought about it it's because other people make you feel like this is what you're supposed to do when you're not doing it. Um, who is that? Who is that guy? It came out over. Oh, my God. I can't remember his name. <gasps> he, he was the um, black guy, good looking um, influencer who talked about marriage and his family and how men should treat women. And then it came out that he was cheating. Oh, are you talking about um, the Ace Family guy? Is that who it What's is? What's his name? Is it the um oh god, is it the Ace Family? Is it Ace Family? What's his name? Jax or Jax? Uh, or I feel like I know who you're talking about. He I spells can't. it weird. Okay, well anyways, this this guy, like, you know, um he had the, you know, quote unquote picture perfect family, but there was nothing real about it. <laughs> so True. it's like people were looking at that, um, Um, And same for, like, you know, unfortunately, his wife. Like, you know, um, I feel like she was really victimized in the relationship. But, I mean, again, if you had looked at her life and and what um, she kind of represented and all that stuff, people thought it was great. You know, they're married. They have kids. They have a nice home. They've got whatever, um, you know, financial stability that they have. and, And he was an influencer. But behind the scenes, you know, it wasn't all roses. So, I mean, she was... I think she's past 30 um but you know she had what I guess we think that um is the standard uh, um and uh it didn't work out for her and that's okay (laughs) and that's okay right it's not and then to have children in that kind of you know constraint is 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 it's stressful and it's mostly stressful for women like let's just be real so then the problem Mm -hmm. is like never ending really yeah yeah it's Um, more trauma on trauma Oh, absolutely. Because I'm pretty sure he's the sole provider um, financially. So now she has to make the decision of, you know, how can I survive? Or do I just stay for the sake of my children? And and that's, that's a terrible place to be. It really is. It's not a, yeah, it's like a rock and a hard place, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because especially, you know, I was, I really hate this guy so much. My friend, um, he's a huge watcher of this guy, Kevin or something. I don't know. Anyways, he has these lives and he said something that I found to be interesting. And I guess because I, like, I can't even lie. I have dated quite a few men who have children. So I feel like I understood what he was saying, but I didn't like how he said it. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a woman on the show and um, she was like talking about like, you know, she has kids and what she expected in a man, like she expected somebody who had money, like all these other things. And okay, she was kind of wrong to some extent. However, he said to her, um, how do you, somebody with children, um, how do you feel like you have so much say in a relationship? Like, how do you feel like you deserve blah, 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 but you're this way and you also have children? And I was like, first of all, I, I feel like that. I know this person and he's yes. a terrible person. I don't like him at all. Yes. I think, okay. I think, yeah, you probably do know him. I feel like he's very Is he the one who wears all the crisp, uh, the crisp suits and just talks about how women are ungrateful most of the time? Yes, pretty much. He does wear a lot of suits. <laughs> yes. So it was a live that I had caught. And I mean, to be quite honest, in a, in a way, like in a way, because I've dated men who have children, in a way, I kind of feel like that's interesting. It's an interesting perspective because I find that people really do have this long laundry list of things that they want you to be, 
what they want you to do, all this other stuff. But it's like, but, but I'm kind of like an asset to you. And it's kind of like, you know, like, so I, I understood his point. I didn't like his delivery, but I kind of got it. It's kind of like, how can you live in, I don't know, a cardboard box, but now you want to be with somebody who lives in like a mansion. I think that's wrong though, because I think that, um, I, I, how do I put it? So, I mean, everybody, listen, if you like a person, love a person, care about a person, you care about that person. And so, I agree with you. Having said that, you know, we, there, there's things that make up that person, right? I, I don't think, though, that children take away from um, who you are as a person. Some people will love that you have children. Some people won't. And that's okay. Like, and it's just a think, preference. And no, see, that's the thing. I don't think, that's why I said I don't love his delivery. Because I don't think that having children takes away from a person's personhood. Or their worth. <laughs> worth is even yeah. a better word. But I do think that if you do have children, to some extent, you have to be able to compromise on some level. And mostly for me, what I mean by that is more so in terms of career. So I understand, obviously, if you are a full-time parent and you're dating somebody who doesn't have children, let me be clear, that person will never understand your struggle. Ever. Ever. Until they have kids. But mm-hmm. They don't have kids, so they're never going to never gonna understand your struggle. But if you work, like, a whole, you know, eight-hour day, and then you have to take care of your child in the evening, like, transparent, transparency is where I think it's important. Because you can't expect that person to shift their work hours or shift the things that they do to come and spend time with you just because you have a child. There has to be some room for give and take. Well, I mean, I think you're getting into something that's completely different now. If you're talking about how to sync your schedules, again, that's something that, you know, it either works for the other person or it doesn't, right? But I, I, I find don't that think... a lot of people are very, like, and not just in terms of schedule. Like, I find that not all the time, but some of the people, like, for example, that I've been with, the expectation is more so, like, because they have... I guess it's not really, I shouldn't really say it about children. I guess children are a part of it, but maybe because, like, maybe the person's a little bit older or whatever. Like, their life is kind of one way, if that makes sense. Like, oh, okay, so I think you're around. saying that because they have children, they think that you should be more flexible. Yes, yes, thank you. You just articulated it perfectly, yes. That okay. your schedule should be more flexible than theirs because they're on, like, a fixed, like, schedule. And a well, fi- not just schedule, but a fixed lifestyle, if you will. Yeah, I mean, but but that is the truth because children need routine. They and do. it is very fixed. So then that's kind of has to be on the other person to decide whether like that's okay for them um, to to compromise their own schedules, right? Like maybe you go to the gym every day at, you know, 5 p.m. But that's the time that, you know, is kind of, you know, your time to have dinner together or whatever the case may be. Uh, can you switch it to do it at four, right? So that's kind of a decision that you have to make and decide that, if that's right for you. And that's why I was like, that's why I'm saying, like, I don't agree. Like, I don't agree with his delivery, but I do understand mm-hmm. to some extent sort of like what he, I do not think that women or men who have children are deficits. I mean, shit happens. Like, I, I, like I 
like definitely when you said that word I was like uh no <laughs> like, like, I, I mean I get it like I understand the point like yeah. I, I get the point but the delivery and the wording is horrible I don't think if you have children you're a deficit like that's you know to some people and I can even say this in my own personal experience I think that for some of like the men that I've dated them having children is like the best part of them mm-hmm. it teaches them a level of patience that I will never understand Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just mm-hmm. like you know I feel like so when you said the word deficit I'm like words are very powerful sir like mm-hmm. deficit is a big word yeah language is very powerful and words are, I think I, I I haven't heard like you know what you're talking about exactly like uh his podcast or whatever it was but his um, IG lives okay his IG yeah. lives but I mean I think I think he's just wrong <laughs> like like he said some so people love levels. Some people love dating people with children. I, I mean, personally, I used prefer to like not it. to. I, no, I used to like it because I yeah. never really wanted children. So I was like, okay, like, it's cool. And I, like, I do like children for the most part. But I do, like, mm-hmm. I could I could understand because I feel like sometimes, you know, I feel like sometimes it's complicated. And I do think that just whether they have kids or don't have kids, relationships are, like, give and take. Like, you can't just have it your way all the time like it's Burger King or Harvey's which is one that says you can't have it your way like I don't remember anyways whichever one but you know relationships are give and take and that man I swear I would oh you know what maybe we should do like a rebuttal podcast to some of his content because honestly it's a bit disturbing I'm like I I just I think he's very sexist he does he does he has he has he has very um misogynistic um sexist uh, views of of what a woman's role should be and how women should um, behave. Yes, and he did this whole thing about black women versus white women. Mm-hmm. He did it. I was mm-hmm. like, that's just not fair. And again, you're villainizing black women. So, mm-hmm. and that's not fair. That mm-hmm. like it's just it's not fair. Not it's all not fair and it's way. not true. And not all black <laughs> women are one way. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, we have different characters, but yes, okay. So definitely, we need to chat because we need to do another one of these. I really okay. like this one. This one's eighty-four minutes. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> um, but then I feel like we can work on the time after. But yes, I'm gonna save it, and then I have to chat with you about how you want me to put it out. But anyways, okay. I really enjoyed having you, and I definitely want to have you again because we definitely have so much to talk about. Yeah, even this Kendall or Kevin man is just like <laughs> a whole thing. Um, but yes, so I will connect with you shortly. But thank you so much for coming on. I feel thank like this you. Is be super popular. Okay. Oh we'll my god. Chat. I can't wait to do it again. Yes. Take care. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.
I hope you guys really enjoyed this series. This is the first. Um, there is so much more that is going to be coming soon. We have such amazing conversations. This is just about life, love, work, play, everything in between. I'm really excited to have Hiba joining. I just think it's going to be so lit. You do not want to miss out. This is extremely cash listening. Yes, I'm still using that word. It's casual listening. So tune in, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day.